What kind of beer is that? Are we already on the air? Sure. I'm not even ready to go yet. Headphones aren't on. Computer's not on. Just too busy pouring beer. Here we go. Welcome to episode number... 157. 157. 1957. Chevy episode. Nope. Oh, we should have had my dad on this episode. It's yeah. the last episode. Well, he was born in 57. Oh, way and, to blow up his spot. Ah, whatever. He's an old man. He knows it. And the number 57 comes up often in his life. So yeah. it's kind of... Um, we kind of fortuitously said this episode instead, but oh well, didn't plan that one very well. Uh, you ask what kind of beer I just poured you in. Yeah, what I did poured you pour? You a Amer- uh, an Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company uh, American Presidential Stout. It has an eagle and a hop on the cover, on the cover, on the can. Um, it's a Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, that's chocolatey. Uh, it has cacao nibs. Yeah. And Arizona hot peppers. Oh, Russian Imperial that's what stout. that weird aftertaste yeah, is. Yeah, but it's 11.5% alcohol, so I brought one pint over to split because yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't need to get drunk. Um, this is actually a very difficult beer to get, supposedly. Um, it was like a one run only, and there was a line of, um, as the person who gave it to me called, weird beards waiting in line to buy yep, it at the brewery. Yep, yep, yep. Um, He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm sure there was. Uh, I came from from Ron, Ron LP, our former guest and friend of the show and also starring owner. Beer connoisseur. It does have an Abraham Lincoln quote in the back, though, which is... It's got the Japanese Trans Am. Um, pretty, pretty interesting. I believe if we take the habitual drunkards as a class, their heads and their hearts will bear an adv- advantageous comparison with those of any other class. There seems ever to have been a proneness in the brilliant and warm-blooded to fall into this vice. Yep. Quote Abraham Lincoln. There's definitely a uh, a uniform of uh, people who go to breweries on release day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go to breweries on release day, but I unfortunately think I might fit the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so. I don't have glasses by choice, though. I can't see without them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm pigeonholed by that in itself. Uh, the beard is by choice. The beard is by choice. Yes, I do enjoy having a beard. It gives me something to, I don't know, mess with the mic here. I guess so. Um, Spill food in. Yeah. Make a general mess out of. The, uh, oh man, so you're home, you're trying to get some project car stuff done-ish. Some of your, well, I don't even know if they're project cars. They're just cars that you have that you're trying to get finished. So you I mean, can get they're rid all of them. project cars. I mean, every one of them is a project. Well, how big or how small. Yeah. So there were two main goals coming home this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I came home for my daughter's birthday. Um, so I did that. And then I was also hoping to get the Eclipse door in paint and have the Eclipse all put back together. Yeah. Pretty much ready for Radwood at that point. Um, and I was hoping to get the Saab axles replaced so I can sell said Saab. Yeah. If anyone wants a Saab 9000. Yeah. Make a great deal on a good car. Um, has one axle at the moment, as we'll get to in a minute. Mm. And that one axle is broken. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I haven't painted the Eclipse door yet. Uh, it is in primer. Yeah. It is ready to be sanded and painted. But the weather here has... Oh, weather podcast. The weather here has not been advantageous for painting outdoors. Um, it's either been 90 degrees with... 80% humidity plus, or it's been raining. Mm-hmm. So neither one of those are good for painting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking like tomorrow morning might actually be cool and like 50% or less humidity. Yeah. So if I get up early after tomorrow morning, I should be able to paint the door tomorrow morning. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. No promises. But I'd like to have it done because next time I come home will be Radwood in October. And I want the car done for that show. Sure. So that's the whole point of coming home for that show is to have a car for the show and then drive that car home afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because I was supposed to after the last time I was here when I bought the car in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to road trip it to the Radwood in NorCal. But due to personal family matters, it didn't, didn't wind up going. So you do a makeup trip. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will be done. Paint-wise, at least tomorrow morning, and then assembly at some point during the day, because I am flying back to Arizona tomorrow. So, hmm. this being recorded, obviously, probably a week before you hear it, so I'm already back in Arizona. That's right. And the car's already done, and everything is great. Yeah, it we'll all just, worked out. I'll put the positive spin on it now, and there'll be no question later exactly. on, right? So, yeah, the car sits ready to be sanded. Um, it's in primer. I'm doing the top portion of the door. We talked about it before because I did the bottom section. You tried to cut through it, right? And it just went right through the paint. It went right through the paint. So, short version of the long story. Everybody already has heard about the car. If not, go back three or four episodes. And there's a whole thing about the car. It's the German market eclipse. It was smashed in the rocker panel and quarter panel. I fixed that. And then I painted the lower section of the door and the, and the rocker and the quarter because I thought that it was going to be just temporary paint and it wasn't going to look very good. But the problem is it came out really good. Yeah. So it made the top of the door look terrible. Mm-hmm. Now the door was replaced in the accident with another red door. Mm-hmm. But whatever car that red door had come off of had been painted in like a, you know, a quick Mako paint job. Like mm-hmm. a, just spray the whole car in single stage red to make it look shiny for resale or whatever. Um so the paint on the door that was above the molding that I didn't paint was all chalked out and faded and was kind of that Mitsubishi pink. <laughs> it was no longer Which red. is weird because a lot of Mitsubishi paint is like, or a lot of Mitsubishi red is single stage, it seems. Yes. Yeah, especially in that era. It all was red in that era. A lot of red paint in general in that era was still single stage. A lot of non-metallics, I should say, were single stage. But it's strange that that car had clear coat on it. I don't think it did factory. Okay. I think that car's been painted as well at some point. Okay. Parts of it have. Um, maybe it did. Who knows? Um, so that door was a red door off of another car. Mm-hmm. So the red paint didn't match the rest of the car. So that's why the top of the door stood out so much now. Because the bottom of the door, the bottom of the fender, and the bottom of the quarter panel and the rocker panel all look brand new. So I decided that maybe I could be able to rub through the bad red paint on the door and expose the factory red paint because, again, the door wasn't damaged. Mm-mm. The car probably just had, like, faded top surfaces, and somebody was like, oh, Mako, $800, paint the whole car. Mm. So I thought I could get that paint off, but I could not without damaging the paint underneath. So then I had an even bigger mess. <laughs> so I then wound up taking the DA to the whole door. Yep. Um, stripping the whole door down. Not stripping it down, but making it flat. Um, taking out some scratches that were in it and then feathering the edges out to make it flat for primer. And I primed the whole top of the door. So mm. now the top of the door is in gray primer. The bottom of the door is in fresh red paint. <laughs> um, and then somewhere in between, the molding will cover the line where the, two, really the, the two shall meet. Nobody will see it. It's behind the black molding, so it's fine. And it won't, like, peel because it's behind the black molding. So it'll be okay. 
But I'm doing it right. I pulled off the belt molding. I pulled out the door handle. I pulled out the moldings. Pulled the mirror off because I won't have like tape lines and weirdness going on. So hmm. it'll be done correctly. And honestly, if I paint one panel on the car for next few times I come home, <laughs> maybe the whole car will be painted. I, I guess so. Hands. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We'll see how it looks. But I was so happy the bottom came out that I was like, now I have to do the top because yeah. now the top sticks out like a sore thumb. So that's where we stand. Um, obviously, like I said, I painted it in the morning. You hear this later. Everything was great. It looks perfect. Um, best in show. That, that's not going to happen. Sure. There is no best in show. It's raddest in show, but it's definitely not that either because it's still a rat. And it's not that special. Anyway, next car we worked on today was... Next in priority, I should say, to get done while I was here was the Saab axles. Because hmm. I want to get that car ready for sale. For yeah. sale. Because I don't need it. But you had to get out of storage. And what was that like? Obviously, it was a nightmare. Yeah. So, do you want to complain about U-Haul? Sure. Why not? U-Haul sucks. Well, they're like... Aren't they all independently owned? Is that the problem, really? All the ones here in the North Shore are owned by the same people. Same company. I think they might be independently owned, but I know that... There's a, the Salem, the Lynn, the PBD, a bunch of them are owned. Well, it's a franchise, right? It's franchise, so yeah. you can own a bunch, right? Um, so another short version of a long story. I tried booking a trailer because they're also the only ones around here that will have an auto transport trailer. Um, mm-hmm. Budget rent a truck also has an auto transport trailer, but they require you to rent. One of their a trucks. budget truck to pull it with. They won't let you pull it with your own vehicle. Ah. So that gets expensive real fast. Um, U-Haul will rent you the trailer. Just the trailer. Mm-hmm. But I tried all weekend to get one. Couldn't get one. I finally got the store here. And I'm going to blow them up because they really pissed me off. The store here in Salem to book me a trailer. But they booked it in Lynn. Mm-hmm. And while I'm on the phone with these guys, as they're booking the trailer, whoever I'm getting the trailer booked from whispers under his breath to his coworker, I don't give a shit. It's for the Lynn store anyway. So this was booking a trailer two days in advance. Yeah. So he got back on the phone with me and I was like, hey, does I don't give a shit, it's for the Lynn store anyway, mean I'm going to have a problem Monday morning at 7 o'clock when I go to pick up this trailer? And he's like, oh, no, 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 man. I was just talking to my coworker. I was like, yeah, I know. I heard. Huh. So <laughs> I said, listen, if I have a problem now at Monday morning at 7 o'clock when picking up my trailer, these phone calls are all recorded according to your line. I will call the local man- like the s- local manager and be like, hey, this is what happened, and I wound up with a problem because this is not acceptable, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, nah, man, you got to be fine. So Monday morning at 7 o'clock, what happens? Uh, I can guess. The Lynn store has no trailer? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was pissed. Um, talked to the Lynn store that said, yeah, if they had looked in the system or called us, they would have seen that we don't have a trailer this morning. We have one due back this afternoon, but we do not have one for this morning. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'll remain calm. What time will the trailer be back? I said, it's due back at 11. Great. So Monday morning, I've already wasted my morning. Now I have to waste my afternoon to go back to Lynn to pick the trailer up. I try to get there a little before 11 so that I can be there to meet the trailer, get it hooked up, and get on the road. No trailer shows up. 11.30, mm-hmm. no trailer shows up. Noontime, no trailer shows up. They can't get a hold of the guy who has it. So now I'm pissed. I'm not pissed at the Lynn store because it's not their fault. They haven't done anything wrong. But I'm pissed at this person who said, hey, it's for the Lynn store. I don't give a shit. 
Mm-hmm. So I found the number for the local franchise, like corporate franchise office, the local, it's based out of Cambridge, I think, the local U-Haul ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I filed my complaint and they're like, oh, we'll find you a trailer. It's like, okay. So she said, well, I'll have a reservation for you by the end of the night. It's for tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. Okay. Sure. Perfectly fine. So sometime in the middle of the night, I got a reservation email to my phone. Mm-hmm. So I woke up with a nice, you know, email saying, your trailer is ready to pick up at 7 a.m. in Natick. What? Right. So for those who are not from Massachusetts, Natick is nowhere near Salem. No, it's... 45 miles? It's Eastern Mass, but yeah, it's... It's like as far west as Eastern Mass goes. Plus, you had to go through Boston to get there, I'm pretty sure, right? Or at least around Boston on 95. it's... Yeah. In rush hour traffic in the morning? It's on the 95 It would be an hour and a half probably in the morning. It's not convenient. With no traffic, it's 40, 45 minutes. As the crow flies, it's probably like 20 miles. Yeah, but there's no way but, to get there that way. Yeah, but the way to actually... If I was looking to rent a helicopter trailer, I'd yeah, be just fine, yeah. but I wasn't. To drive there, it's it's 40 to 50 miles probably. Right. And I'd have to do it. So then I'd leave Salem, drive to Natick, pick up a trailer to drive back to Salem to pick up the Conquest, which we were putting in the garage, to drive to Haverhill, which is probably 25 miles north. Mm-hmm. Drop the Conquest, pick up the Saab, bring the Saab back to Salem, and then drive back to Natick and back to Salem again. So it would have been like 350 miles. Didn't they tell me, or didn't you tell me that they wanted you to pick up one in Salem, New Hampshire first? First it's in Salem, New Hampshire, yeah. yeah. Which, in hindsight, Salem, New Hampshire would have worked because it's only like 15 minutes north of my garage. Yeah. So I could have driven to Salem, New Hampshire empty, mm-hmm. picked the car up in the garage, brought the Saab to Salem, Massachusetts, Picked up the Conquest, drove back to Haverhill, Mass, and then carried back on through to Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah. It kind of would have worked. It was still super inconvenient. It would have been like at least an hour and a half out of my way, mm-hmm. all told. Mm-hmm. So that's just the problem. It was, it, there was There's so many U-Hauls. There's like two in every city. But for some reason, there were no auto haulers this weekend. Yeah. Um, one of the people at U-Haul said it's probably because colleges, people are moving back in, and a lot of parents will rent a U-Haul truck with their kid and put the car in a trailer behind it and go one way with the kid in one vehicle and, fl- and the parent will fly home and leave the kid down there with the, with the their car. So, Which is weird. Why would the kid just drive the car behind them? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get that either. But people are weird. A lot of people don't trust cars to drive far distances, I guess. I'd be much more comfortable driving my car than a U-Haul truck, but what do I know? Yeah. Anyway, we get the trailer. Finally, on Tuesday, middle of the day, because I wasn't going to Natick, and I waited for Lynn to get one back again that day. So, the saga of the Saab began on a bad note. Yeah, but actually picking them up and moving them was pretty easy. It's really easy to move cars when they run. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, winching it onto the trailer, or actually, we usually use this, like, manual come-along to pull it on the trailer, because the U-Haul trailers don't I, have winches. I can't. I've, I've pushed more cars on U-Haul trailers than actually driven them. Yeah, and usually they've been mine, so thank you, Andrew. I've had my fair share. Also true. Um, actually, I've pushed a lot of yours on the trailers, too. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're about even on that one. Um, so the saga started off on a bad note. Mm-hmm. So we should have known things weren't going to go smoothly later on either. I guess. I mean, I was hopeful. Yeah, I was too. And once you figured out how the Saab axles work, they're not terribly difficult to do. Because no, I mean, I mean, 
half shafts in general aren't usually the hardest thing to do. But I'm I'm going to tell you now that if we the hardest part is going to be putting the band clamp. No, I know on the boot. So for those not in the know of how sobs are put together, we weren't either until today. Um, the nine thousand, at least anyway, the axle doesn't have like two sealed ends like most of them do. Well, no, the cup. The cup just stays in the transmission. The cup stays in the transmission, and you take the whole axle assembly out of the cup, so all the grease is exposed. And then the axle on the end has, they call it a delta. It's like a triangle. No, it's a tripod. A tripod. I've heard, del- I've heard delta as well because it's a three-sided thing. Um, a tripod. It's basically three bearings on like a Y-axis that yeah. go into the cup. This is how all CV axles are. Right, but usually you pull the whole cup out. The cup doesn't stay in. You don't disassemble the whole thing. Yeah, unless you're doing the boots, but yeah. Unless you, ha- yeah, exactly. Usually you buy a reman assembly and it comes fully assembled. Yeah. The Saab ones, you leave the cup in the transmission and you pull the axle apart. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to me because I've never had a car like that before. Probably because I usually have Mitsubishis. And they all have the it, standard. No, every Japanese car is not like this right. at all. Every car is not like this at all. You right. just pull the axle out. The whole cup usually comes with it. Unless you have like a a, a Volkswagen or a, I I expected the Saab to have like a, a bunch of uh, hex head bolts holding yeah, it on with a flange for some reason because it was European. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's got to be like that. That's a very European style of a half shaft, them. but it's not like that. Yeah. Um, so it's not a tremendously difficult thing to do, um, but you're right. It is going to be difficult to put the band clip on the inside of that boot. There's mm-hmm. no question because there's no way to reach That'll it. take the longest amount of time. Yeah. If that axle, well, all right. So here, we're going to head. The axle is wrong. The axle is wrong, yes. Uh, I went to put it in, and the roller bearings were too tall. They just wouldn't fit in the cup. Too tall or too small? Too tall. Okay. So I was like, all right, the ones on the old axle are fine. The inner part's fine. So I popped it off. And I was yeah, like, yeah, we were going to choose the inner part from the old axle on the new axle because yeah. the outer part is what's worn. Yeah. The shaft diameter is different than so the axle, so it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's like, all right, okay, cool. Can't do that. Right. I literally, had they fit, I would have had them done in about 15 minutes. Except for that clamp. Yeah, the clamp would have probably taken an hour just to struggle yeah. with that clamp. <laughs> because you can, there was no space to put like a boot clamp tool in there. Right. So I'm thinking now, when you finally get to do it, just take Neil and those vice grips and just roll them like an old stool, like just can turn opener. Just turn it around it. Yeah. Yeah. And just turn it, turn it, turn it, and then tighten it as much as you can and fold it over. Yeah, that might work. That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm literally flying out of here tomorrow, and now my car is broken on the lift in your dad's garage. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. I can pop the old one back in. If we had to. Um, and it'll move. I did, but I don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to put the whole car back together with the old part because we already took it apart. Um, I did manage to find an axle through O'Reilly's. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose it's going to be there at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Um, we'll see. It was like $71. So yeah. it was $20 more than the Amazon axles, but hopefully it's correct um, because I used the part number that you found online, which is the other part number. So in my research, when I bought these, the reasons I bought the part number that I bought um, is because there's no way to know which ones are in the car until you take it apart. Mm-hmm. And there's a VIN range. And in between that VIN range, it was supposed to be the ones that I bought. Mm. But there's always an outside chance it said that there was like leftover parts and 
on like one percent of the cars, it could be different. So I was like, "No, you won the lottery." I won the lottery. Yes. So the yeah, it's just like it's funny too because we looked it up, like just kind of did a quick Google search of doing nine thousand axles, and there's like this huge long posting on like a sob form of how to do this and all these things to unbolt. Right. And I was like, "Well, I'm looking at this, and you just pull the two knuckle bolts." Right. And you drop. I didn't even take the caliper off. Nope. And you just push it out of the way. I'm yep. like, this is the way you do it. I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is the flat rate way you do it. There's the there's, there's the sob way of doing it, and then there's the right way of doing yeah, it. Yeah. This guy was like, oh, you can you can disconnect the lower control arm and like push it out. Yeah. And, and then there was also a YouTube video which was like 30 minutes long, but it was 20 minutes of explaining what he was going to do. And then he's like, now we're gonna fast forward to the part where I take it apart. And I was like, oh. That doesn't help us at all. And then next thing you know, the whole car's apart. And he's like, it's going back together pretty easily. And I'm like, what, what, is, what is this video worth? Yeah. This video is not any good. Except for he did spend a lot of time explaining how he lets the caliper hang from the hose. And people say you shouldn't do that. But he's fine with it. So you should be fine with it, too. Oh, he doesn't have his cat in his car. But you, if you know, you know. You oh, know. that's right, too. You know. Yeah. And he was definitely from around here, With a too. stock exhaust. Yeah. No cat. He's like, so it's a stock Saab 9000, except, you know, right here in the exhaust is, you know, and he's showing, like, a cat delete pipe, which is just, like, okay. A stock exhaust does absolutely nothing. Except for make the car dirtier. Yeah. So, stupid. Anyway, so the Saab 9000 axles are not difficult if anybody tells you they are. They just need to know how to do them. And need to have the right ones. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure how accurate the information I got originally was, but... It seemed pretty solid that the ones that I got were the correct ones. The other problem with those, Andrew, is that I bought them back in September of last year. Mm-hmm. So the return date is long past. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stuck with them. Well, they're brand new. You can sell them to someone. Yeah, I'll put them on Facebook Marketplace for 50 bucks. Maybe somebody will need them. Um, but I'm not going to be here with them, so you're going to have to sell them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So other, I finally got to do some... I had to do some maintenance on the dailies, the daily project cars. Yep. Uh, the Montero needed an oil change, so I did that. Uh, also, I had to fix the, replace that bolt that got kind of buttery when we were doing the, uh, when I was doing the rear shocks. Yeah, that was a weird one. It's weird because it's like an M12 bolt. It's huge. And it like cross-threaded. So like, I went to take it off and it wouldn't come off. It would like loosen, but not come off. Yeah, it wouldn't. Sp- so once you got to a point, it would just spin in place. Yeah, it's just yeah. a through bolt. So uh, my dad and I played with it for a while. There was a little bit of air chiseling to try to break the nut, then uh, separate it. And then finally, uh, he brought out these brand new um, drill bits that he bought that he, he did a bunch of research on. Because... I've we've tried to like drill bolts out before and none of the drill bits you buy at like a hardware store they last about 10 seconds and then go completely dull and don't work at all like right like I've never successfully drilled a bolt out until the other day um like you've been able to like drill the head off like a bolt or like a rivet but like to actually like drill a bolt out you need like a really good drill bit otherwise it just doesn't work yeah they need to be made out of like Anime, eh, what, nope, and, and, yeah, you know, Wolverine's claws that I can't say now. <laughs> Adamantium? Adamantium, there you go. Adamantium? Um, no, these are just, like, some weird, crazy cobalt things that he got. They're kind of expensive, but 
We started using and them. They were like $200. Yeah. Instead of like 10 of them. But we started <laughs> using them. Actually, what worked really well to to lubricate the as like cutting oil was fluid film. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it smelled like boiling peanut butter the whole time? Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. The other day when I was using it, it was like, it kind of smells like a farm. It's because it's, I don't know, it just smells like farm stuff. But um, we're using and it's like kind of sticky and it doesn't like boil off super easy as like WD-40 would. So I'm like drilling the bolt and you can actually see like pieces of metal coming out down the the drill bit. Oh, like that's cool. Shards like, of metal like running down the, the yeah. So bit like of the actually drill. cutting and like they don't like start to sing when they're like just going dull. Right. And uh, it cut down the bolt quite a bit and then basically it just relieved the pressure of the threads and uh eventually after that it just came out pretty easily and then i just put the new one in and torqued it up also do you know how much that that nut bolt and lock washer was like 25 dollars that's weird yeah because it's not a very difficult like specialized piece well i bought it from the dealer because i didn't know where else to get it right fast enough didn't have one no like I mean, for some reason he also didn't like throw me a discount, which is kind of annoying. But I was like, all right, whatever. Because he's not there anymore, Andrew. Yeah, but I guess I don't go in there very often either. But he didn't mark it up above retail. Yeah, so least, uh, he did you a favor. <laughs> so I believe what? I believe they call that matrix pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Screw the customer pricing. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was pretty straightforward. And the next day, uh, WRX was overdue for an oil change. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and then uh, for like, you know, it comes and goes where there's times where I smell coolant in the car, and I track down a leak, and I fix it, and then lately I've been smelling another coolant leak, and I was like, oh, neat. I head up in the air, and I look forward from the oil pan, and the lower part of the radiator is all wet. I'm like, sweet. Right. So the plastic tanked radiator with the aluminum core, it's like rusty on the edges mm-hmm. where the little fins are. Uh, the little fingers that hold the core together, so that it must be where it's separating, and now coolant's coming out. Yeah, it's leaking out of where it looks like where there would be a um, like automatic co- transmission cooling line. Yeah, but it's, it's where it's the out of yeah, it's where the tank and the core meet. Yeah, because um, it's rusty. It's not even that old of a transmission, though. I mean, transmission radiator. It's an original, and it's not the original. He had yeah. it replaced at one point. I don't think it was that long ago. And it was a a Koyo. Which is a good brand. It's not a cheap radio. I think he had it done like probably 10 years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, I was like, man, I knew this was going to happen. I was going to keep fixing coolant leaks and then the next one would just spring up. Well, the problem is every time I fix a coolant leak, pressure builds back up and it pushes through somewhere else yeah, this week. because <laughs> the last time it was leaking was at the uh, gooseneck uh, going into the top of the engine and, mm-hmm. I, and I put new radiator lines, radiator hoses on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking like the car is almost due for a timing belt at 200K. Yeah, it makes sense to do it all at the same time. So take the radiator out, do the timing belt while with it's the, out. Well, with the radiator out of a Subaru like that, you have all the room in the world to do the timing belt. Exactly. So you might as well just do it then. And uh, it also needs the fuel lines, which are under the intake, which re- would have required draining some of the coolant off anyways. Yep. Because you have to take the little coolant and expansion actually, tank off. Once you have the radiator out and then you have the intake off, it's even easier to do the timing belt in the car because you can literally sit in the engine bay if you had to. Yeah. Uh, no, time belts are pretty easy on those cars, but yep. just annoying because, like, 
I don't defer maintenance on that car. Right. And it's always broken. It's not always broken. It just it's like, always something is needs, needs to be looked at. Constant upkeep. So, but like I was telling you the other day, is that you've gotten to a point now where you've basically rebuilt the entire car. So you probably have another fifty or sixty k after that's done of no issues at all. I hope so. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating because because uh, it's it's still kind of rusty. Well, we haven't even thought about fixing that yet. <laughs> We're like, just talking about doing the mechanical stuff. It still needs a fender. Yep. The doors are starting to rot away. Right. <laughs> but that's something you don't even worry about. Just run it. Yeah. That's not an issue. You're not gonna you're not gonna restore the car to concourse spec. You're just gonna use it. So as long as it runs reliably and all the stuff that you're fixing is gonna make it that way, because I mean, literally, you've done everything from the back of the car to the front of the car. There's nothing left. Everything is new, so you'll have a good run of no maintenance for a while. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you've done everything. The funny thing is, though, like I said, most of the parts cost like. Like the fuel line parts, all the parts collectively was like a hundred bucks. Right. The radiator, just like a like a eBay racing one. Yep. Aluminum one. Yep. Hundred bucks. Actually, eighty eight dollars. Yeah. We'll call it a hundred. So yeah, but timing, it's like, timing belt set, hundred bucks. It'll probably be a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yep. It's just like the but the labor though is what it's like fifteen hours of labor all told. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We'll back it out in six. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, you will. You'll have it done in a day. It's not gonna or maybe no. a weekend. No, be a couple of days. Yeah, I'll, I'll stretch it over a couple of days because otherwise I'll want to kill myself. Cause it's just so Cause tedious, and annoying. Done with it. Yeah, it's not a, prof- a profit. It's a loss. Yeah, and it's not like none of those things make it better or faster. No, but they make it run forever. Yeah, I mean, any car is going to get to that point where even your fun cars, like say your Talon, someday it's going to be the point where it's like I did all this stuff. 25 years ago, I have to do it all again now. And it's not going to make the car any faster. It's just going to keep the car running on the road. So Yeah, I guess, but that stuff's more fun. Yeah, because you don't have to drive the car every day. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's I'm good. not relying on those cars. But it's why it's good to do the WRX now while it's summertime. Yeah. So you have the Montero to drive as well. Yeah. Or the or the Galant to drive or the Talon to drive. Speaking of the Galant, uh, I can't really drive it because it i can but it's annoying so i i did order gaskets for the throttle body Mm -hmm. which is easy in comparison to all the stuff that subaru needs yeah it's easy to pop the throttle body off the car it's right on the top but that's what we're talking about that's not gonna make the car faster you're just fixing something that's broken it actually might make the car faster because it's just fixing something that's broken it's not a performance modification it worked before and it broke so now you're fixing it yeah but I want to have that done before I do the Subaru because that car needs to be done so it can go to Radwood Correct. and be driven yep. just fine and idle fine. Um, so that will be done shortly. Excellent. Uh, and then there's a couple other stuff that might be coming up for the the Talon. Hopefully. Fingers crossed it's also done in time. Um, well, it runs. It'll, it'll, it'll be no, there. It'll, it'll be there no matter what, but fingers crossed it's other stuff, which is just yeah. basically... Performance and cosmetic at the same time will will be done uh, at the same time for the show. It'd yep. be cool to debut its new setup there. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. So yeah, it was just like a bunch of uh, disappointing uh, car maintenance. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny story! Like I, which are up project car updates. I mean, they're all project cars. I did. I did replace the the headlight bulbs in the in the Montero. Whoa! Yeah, hardcore it was hard. 
re- required removing the coolant reservoir tank. Yeah, I just lined it up out of the place. I had yeah. to not even unbolt it. And it's just in that standard Mitsubishi bracket that like my 74 Colt has. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was funny because they, like I needed to use the car to go to work and the Amazon order didn't show up in time. Right. So I had one headlight when I went to work, and then I went to leave work. I had no headlights. <laughs> well, it makes nighttime. sense. You probably installed them both at the same time, so one blew out, the other was right was behind like, it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you have a plethora of fog lights. Yeah, I used my driving lights. Yeah. I had a bunch of yellow driving home. Eh, whatever. Did you get pulled over? No. Then life is good. No. Actually, and at least it was easier to change your headlight bulbs than it was in the Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Which required taking the entire front of the car apart, pretty much. I told you it would. Yeah, I was surprised. You have to take the pass-throughs, so you take the, the, the grill. pass-throughs, the grill, and then you have to take the actual, because it's a uh, Euro H4 style setup, mm-hmm. you have to actually unscrew the retainer. Or you take, you take the, tr- the trim off of the pop-up lights, and you had to unscrew the retainers that hold the bulb and lens assembly together out and actually remove the whole glass thing and then pull the thing out of the back of it. But the problem was, is that car is not rusty, no. but the bolts that hold the headlights in, Made were tr- cheese. they were trashed, and they had already been stripped. Yeah. So they became a nightmare to remove. Because nobody ever had JS screwdrivers, ever. Right. And you put regular ones in there, and they just shred. Right. So I actually re- I left one of the bolts out, and it's in the center console, so I can go to Home Depot and get all new stainless ones. Mm-hmm. So no, this is the, the this future. is the nitty-gritty minutiae of... Project cars. It's old car life. When you're, you know, we joked about that last night because we were all done. We weren't working on anything, and me, you, and your wife were like, "Let's just go out and get dinner." And we pulled in the parking lot, and there was an old car in the parking lot with its hood up and a guy crawling around it. And we both had like the same flashback moment. <laughs> like, yeah. We were just like, "No, <laughs> don't go anywhere near him." Yeah. So, oh, also, I want to go back to the U-Haul thing for a minute. Sure. So, I picked up the trailer. Right, and U-Haul's not a, you're not allowed to hook up your own oh, trailer. Oh, this is great at yeah. the U-Haul store. Yeah, so I'm not hooking up the trailer, but they don't know how to hook up the trailer. Oh, right. So that they makes sense. Won't allow me to do it for liability reasons, but then they don't know what they're doing. Sure. So fast forward a little bit. Obviously, I wound up hooking the trailer up and being like, "I don't care. I know how to do it. I'll just do it." So I did it, and then he's like, okay, I'll finish. So he goes to finish it, and he put the safety chains on my trailer hitch. Yeah. And in order to get the safety chain in the trailer hitch, he pulled the alligator clip out of the trailer lock pin for some reason. And then, like, stood up and, like, wiped his hands off. He was like, all right, it's cool. And I went around the back of the truck, and the alligator clip was just lying on the ground. Huh. So there was not going to be anything holding my trailer hitch into the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Problem number one. Problem number two. There's another customer there. A guy and his daughter who's going back to college. Mm-hmm. They're renting a U-Haul truck and a dolly. According to this guy, I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, the U-Haul thing said that... Hold on. Let me back up. I'm walking past them. They're blocking my way to leave. The U-Haul employee turns to me and goes, hey, can you help me hook this tra- this dolly up and load this car on it? And I looked at her like she had nine heads and just kind of was like, what? (laughs) And then I looked at the people who were trying to get out of there who were blocking my way, and I was like, fine, I'll just do this. I don't care. 
it's going to get me out of here, and these people will never get out of here if I don't help them. Mm-hmm. Or the car will fall off, pull it out of the street. So I'm starting to hook the whole trailer up. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm glad you guys can do this because the website said you would hook the trailer up and you would put the car on it for me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who you think you is, but I don't work here. <laughs> and the guy looked at me, he goes, what? I was like, no, I just rented that trailer, but you guys are in my way and they don't know how to do it. And if I don't do it for you, you're not getting anywhere. And he's like, what? what? Dude, you don't work here? And I was like, no, I don't work here. And he's like, well, thank you for, like, what i don't understand and i was like neither do i <laughs> i've been trying to get a trailer for two days i finally got one and now i can't leave because she parked this thing right in front of me so i'm gonna hook your car up hook a trailer up and put your car on the trailer just step back <laughs> so i wound up hooking their car dolly up loading their car on the car dolly mm-hmm. ratcheting it down and sending them on their way so what kind of car was it uh, like a 2009 honda civic nothing spectacular same thing why are they not just driving the car to college i don't know but it was why are they towing it so the mother and father supposedly were driving the u-haul down with the truck car in the back yeah and she was flying down why and then they were flying back that's so weird yeah i I, I, whatever i just i was so over the whole u-haul experience this weekend i just was like no i'm all done i don't understand that yeah like no you can't hook up your own trailer but I can't do it either. Oh, now that I don't need, can you hook up this other customer's trailer? Yeah. What? <laughs> no, it's mostly the, I don't understand the go off to college thing with U-Hauls and, and bring cars. On trailers. Yeah, and a lot of colleges don't even let, you're off, you're, you're off to not even a first-year student because they don't allow first-year students to even have cars on campus. Right. Nine times out of ten. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Whatever. I don't know why it does that. Maybe they think they're saving money on gas. Uh, Is that driving two cars I out? But this, this, they were going to Atlanta. It wasn't like they were going to like, you know, Boston. So I don't yeah. know college they're going to in Atlanta, but Atlanta's not that bad. We, we did that drive. Yeah, it's a day and a half. Not a big deal. <laughs> or a day. And if you're old enough to go to college and drive a car, you're old enough to drive for a day and a half. Yeah. Especially if you're just following your parents. Like, yeah. What the hell? I don't know. Whatever. People live in a different life than us as car people, I guess. I guess so. We just want to drive everywhere. No. Um, man. Yeah, it's so weird. Mm. I don't know. But, yeah, old car life. Uh, yeah, we got off topic there again, going back to U-Haul. I just remembered that part of the story that was... It's kind of a bummer. Um, you know, because, like... It's kind of a bummer, but you don't make a $500 car payment every week. Yeah. Every month, I mean, but, whatever. Man, I'd like a warranty. It is what it is. I'd, p- I'd pay for that luxury of well, not fixing stuff. Didn't pay for it. That's an option you have. Yeah. Eventually. Soon. I did. That's why I don't have to work on cars in Arizona right now. Yeah, I mean, good because I, I live in an apartment. Yeah. I'll still probably do the stuff to the Subaru because um, if I do want to sell it privately, it'll make it worth And like I said, a lot more. if you do this, you probably have a good long time of nothing but oil changes. I'll probably use it through to the spring, but I think that I just, I do want to get rid of the car. It's just going to, it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Of course it is. Um, And I'll probably do it and I'll still probably end up trading the car in just Mm -hmm. to get rid of it. Go away. Make Uh, it go away. mm -hmm. But that's about it. Anything else? That's all I get this week. Yeah. We have like, 
Project Car Stasis. Yeah. It wasn't really updates or down dates. It was kind of just keeping them going. Project Car. Oh, st- no, we, we did a preview. State of the We union. did a preview because the Eclipse door is painted and the Zob's all back together. That's right. It's all fixed. When this comes out on the air. Exactly. The uh, parts are all ordered for the Subaru. Right. So it might as well be fixed. All right. Anything else? Nope. Nothing for me. I already asked that. All right. Uh, as always, follow us Auto Off Topic on Facebook. Auto Off Topic. Sorry. Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. I am raced in anger on Instagram. Brad, where do you think you can find you? TSISS350 on Instagram. Cool. And you should also check out our friends at the Gearhead Project as well. For sure. Uh, the next Cars and Coffee would be September 15th at the Coffee Factory, Salem, Mass. Salem, Sorry, New Hampshire. Salem, New Hampshire. 9 a.m. to 11. Um, Don't do burnouts when you leave. Yes, no burnouts. It was a big mess this past week. Yeah. Um, no revving of engines, please. It's just... No one cares. And even if we did, it doesn't matter because we're not the only people in the parking lot. Yeah. There's businesses there, too, that are trying to have a normal morning. Yeah. And they're kind enough to let us do it, so don't fucking ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what's coming up. Oh, Durr, Radwood Boston was announced. Oh, yeah. Official, official. Yeah. Uh, October 13th. 13th to 12th. It's the Saturday of that weekend. Is it? Yes. I thought it was the Sunday. It is a Saturday. It's Columbus Day weekend. October 12th. October 12th. Yep. Um, yeah. Go sign up if you're local. Show them what because we got. October 13th at the same location is Volkswagen Transporter Fest. Okay. Which is also a cool show, but if you need to pick one, pick Radwood. Oh, yeah. It's at the Lars Anderson, by mm-hmm. the way, which is super cool. Yeah. I bet that the royalty section will be up by the door, which will be... Like the main entrance to the museum? Well, I am hoping that enough people sign up for it that they have to go all the way up the hill, like Tutto Italiano. For sure. That would be amazing. Um, I forget what they can fit in the lower half. It's a couple hundred cars, though. Yeah. Now, they have capacity there for uh, six or seven hundred if they need it. Tutto Italiano is like six or seven hundred cars. Seven hundred cars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully that works out. I mean, there's tons Which of... Which is like every Italian car in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's their biggest show. Yeah. Let's so hope this gets bigger. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, w- I mean, there's there's tons of Radwood era stuff around here that's hidden away in garages that people have, and uh, so hopefully people bring it out. And of course, if you even if you don't have a car to bring, come hang out because it's October and it's basically an '80s Halloween costume party. Yeah, and it's the weather should be nice. It's a cool spot in general. Um, there's a cool park there. It's a family friendly event, but it's also a park attached where kids can hang out. I am positive. That because what they did in, in Philly, they encouraged 80s costumes, like yep. Halloween-themed costumes. Yep. So I'm sure that will be highly, highly, uh, recommended. highly recommended for yep. the show. So if you want to dress up like Beetlejuice be- or something. The best or dressed at the Philadelphia show last year was a guy who dressed up like um, Elliot from E.T. No, 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 no. The best dress went to a different guy. He had those crazy sunglasses and like this. He had this crazy oh, yeah, mirrored yeah, yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was the other guy who had best like accessory. Yeah, because he was dressed up like Elliot from ET. Yeah, and he made an and ET he had a, and he a had BMX, a BMX bike. bicycle and he made like a paper mache ET in a basket in the front. Yeah, and he got like best accessory for the bicycle with the ET on, which was yeah. Cool. So that's the other thing. So 
you can come and bring your like BMX bike or something. Yeah, and, like or like just, dress up like A Team or yeah. Ghostbusters or yeah, Wayne's World or anything eighties nineties you can yeah. think of. Yeah, or just wear your awesome stuff. Like yeah, and it's a totally cool. Or just show up in normal street clothes and nobody will throw you out. Yeah, but we encourage period dress or costume. All right, so that about covers it. Uh, I think so. As always, keep the cards analog and aim for the roses. <laughs>